Hello people, it's Chase. Uh, just to let you know, this is a funny little show. This one um, I've had on the cutting room floor for a little while. I, I wasn't going to put it out, then I was, then I wasn't. Um, but I decided I would put it out. Um, there's some good chat about the games we played. It's a few weeks old now, so um has lost a little bit of relevance. And for that reason, I've cut the end of the show off because it kind of um, delved a bit, bit too far out of relevance. But yeah, crack on. Listen to the good shit we've talked about, the games we've, we've played. Um, from a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, there's no real ending, so uh, enjoy. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Stokes, and with me today I've got my other co-host, Willie Thompson. Imagine Willie. Hello! And Mr. Foxhounder, Terry. Hi there. Hello, lads, you right? Hi. No. No? No? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I know you're terrible. What's the matter? One of your Pokemon's died, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) No, I'm alright, mate. How about you? I'm good, mate. So good, good to record with you again. Obviously, uh, we haven't recorded together since I've been back. I've only been back one week, but um, yeah, we're back on together now. The original ninjas reunited. Now, see, so, um, see, from my point of view, mate, this is this, this is like the fish tank mode, mate. We've b- b- both put back into the same tank, and I'm I'm keeping my distance for you. I'm not sure now. Is <laughs> <laughs> this country's been put in the room with me? <laughs> Fair enough. It's not the uh, fish tank out of finding Nemo, is it? Best fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway <laughs> we won't do the volcano dance. Let's uh, try and do a little bit of a gaming podcast, shall we? So, um, yeah, as we mentioned last week, um, the day after we recorded, which was actually the week before, I don't know, the, the time just escapes me, uh, Watch Dogs was released, and uh, I know I've been playing it, I know you've been playing it as well, too. I have indeed. Um, Willie obviously is living in the past. Still, yeah, sorry, man, I'm just, just going to go to the bog while you're doing this. <laughs> Well, obviously, because you haven't played it, we're not going to do no spoilery things and stuff, and people are still running through, and I haven't even finished the campaign yet, so, um, shall I talk about Watch Dogs now, or should we come back to that in a bit? No, I'll talk about it now. Okay. Um, yeah, bear in mind, I will slit throats. <laughs> <I'll spoil it>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, man. No spoilers will be had, you know, my, my thoughts on spoiling. Um, yeah, so, Watch Dogs was the one we've, uh, all had our eyes on for a long time. Obviously, it was talked about way before the consoles came out, and um, there was the whole thing of not being able to play it at Eurogamer last year when they said we could, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so it's been highly anticipated by us all um, for, for the things it might bring um, in terms of the future of games and moving into next gen. It was meant to be the, the first proper next gen game. Um, whether it is or not, we'll, we'll see as we talk through this. Um, I actually pre-ordered the game, which I don't generally do, so you can see that's, that's how important it was to, to get into it early for me. Um, so it, it appeared on the uh, doormat when I came home from work on the day it released, and I put it in and I played lots and lots of it on the first day, um, as I'm sure lots of us did. And as you can imagine, with it being an open world game, Jace does it wrong, as always. 
Uh, <laughs> like all the other games, I find it so massively distracting having lots of things to do that um, even now, a couple of weeks on, I think I've only done uh, 13 of 39 main story missions. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I've got a long way to go, but I've done lots and lots of different distractions on the side. Um how did you play it, Terry? Did you blast straight through the story? No, I did the exact same as uh, as how you just said. Um, must have played maybe the first two or three missions and then decided, ooh, there's other things to do. Um, so I considered doing all of those instead and did a majority of those before I actually ended up going through the rest of the missions and uh, actually uh, finishing the story mode. So it was all good. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't like um, a lot of games where the first few missions are basically the tutorial. It did bring in different elements as you were going through and stuff, mm. but it wasn't that, that massively tutorial-based sort of thing of the first few missions like you get on a lot of games. So that wasn't too bad. Yeah. So um, I suppose we can start off talking about the mechanics of the game, if you like. Sure. Do you want to uh, elaborate on those, Terry, or do you want me to? Go for it. Okay. Obviously, as we've seen before, the whole thing revolves around a connected city. The one that's in the background of your chat right now. <laughs> can you hear that? Can you? Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get from living next to a hospital. So, yeah, you, you live in this connected city, which is um, a version of Chicago, which I know Terry's uh, a place that Terry's familiar with. I have indeed. Um and actually, since playing it, I've actually started noticing things in Chicago. Like, um, I was watching Orange is the New Black the other day, and in one of the episodes, you actually go through bits of Chicago, and I can actually spot bridges and buildings and stuff that I'd seen mm. in the game. So it must be fairly close to it. Uh, yeah, it's it's not too bad. That, uh, I have noticed they have taken liberties with some stuff. Um, some bits and pieces aren't the same, or they've really moved and condensed pieces, but... Uh, for the most part, they've they've got the atmosphere and the you know the the scale of Chicago. Uh, they're just missing kind of some key areas, but uh, other than that, I thought it was a a pretty faithful recreation. Can actually go around and see like all my holiday spots. Um, well, you got things like the L train and all the main buildings are all in there, and, yeah. and the, the river obviously, and all the bridges going across the river. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I when I played the game, I didn't think there were that many bridges that close together across the river. But when I actually saw the shots of Chicago, and there are loads of bridges all grouped together as you go across the river. It was um, yeah, it was quite good to see. Um, so yeah, the city's all connected, obviously, to your phone and stuff like that, so you're, you're, you're effectively hacking into this um, network, CTOS, the network operating system of the city, um, which enables you to use your phone to control various things um, as you go through. As we've seen in the trailers before, you've got the bollards and the traffic lights and those sort of things that you can control. Um, and you get to unlock a few more things as you go through the game, and uh, I thought that was alright. It's very much, as a lot of people have said, just lots of pressing the X button, or square button if you're playing PlayStation. Yeah, um, yeah it was alright, I think. I, I think a lot more was made of it, um, the hacking side, than it actually turned out to be, but I don't think that's, it was too bad. Would be. I think I actually found that I was using them more towards the end of my playtime with it. Um, I didn't find I was using them that much apart from uh, kind of the, like the car chases and that sort of thing. But the one kind of thing that annoys me is that you can't use weapons in a car. Um, so car chases sometimes take forever, um, especially when you're trying really? to take down someone. Um, so you have to use the environment and it forces you to use the hacking. But other than that, I didn't really find I was using it all too much. 
Um, but towards the end, I kind of noticed that with some of the extra things that you can get a hold of, uh, like the, you know, you see in the trailers where he presses a button and pretty much all of downtown Chicago blacks out. Um, you know, that, that can be useful in some situations, but I didn't find I was using them all too much. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, the hacking's not really good, apart from when you're driving around and it forces you to use it. I think you touched there on the um, not being able to use weapons in cars. Um, a lot of comparisons have been made, rightfully so, I'd imagine, with um, another um, open-world game, Grand Theft Auto. And What's that? Or, um, <laughs> obviously, G- GTA 4 is the one that's been compared to quite a lot, hasn't it? Um, and I think, if anything, we've been spoiled by GTA for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot of things we've come to expect, like the shooting while you're in cars, um, like the way things react to you and stuff. And I suppose I'm going down a bit of a negative track here before we've even got into any positives of the game. But um, a lot of things that you'd expect to be an evolution of previous games aren't really there in a lot of cases. I think it kind of lacks polish. I think that's the problem. And it's not just like mechanics of the game, I think. Um, kind of the one thing that is a bit jarring, you don't really notice it unless someone points it out if you look in the reflection of a building you're not reflected not only that though but no matter where you are if you're like, for example I was like in kind of like the but for in the middle of nowhere, basically, I uh, would look in the reflection of a building and there was just a downtown street that was just reflected in the window it's just stuff like that and it's like Ah, where's the polish? You know, they, I know they built a new engine for this, but it's not really showing its true colours. If we're not even getting the stuff that was done on on previous gen- generation consoles, um, they got it right, and on this, it just doesn't seem like they they've added that little bit extra and made like a proper. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. Can you do you understand the frustration? Like, I do. I do. I- I fully agree, and the, the reflection thing was one I was going to pick up on. Um, there's actually three different reflections that I've counted oh, wow. in the game. Um, <laughs> in the daytime, you always get the one of the downtown street. Mm-hmm. The nighttime, you get one that's a bit more neon lights and stuff like that, so that does change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's one other one that I've seen, but yeah, no matter where you go and whatever angle you are, there's a, a static image for the reflections from the mirrors. And I think it's a bit of a cheap trick. And no doubt they'll say, yeah, because the world's so big, we can't map them in, we can't use processing power to reflections on all the windows and stuff like that. But I think with the amount of processing power and graphics power that's available on these machines, it can't have been that difficult. Really. I mean, surely GTA V was a bigger world and that seemed more polished. Or is that just me? No, I, I agree. I think, um, I don't think the GTA world. Was was as populous and as um, refined as the GTA mm-hmm. Four one, which is, this is more directly comparable to with the darker, grittier sort of atmosphere. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think we need to really stop trying to compare the two because I think if they've made it too much like GTA and brought on too many of those things, then Rockstar would have gone on their backs. So you know, what can you do? Yeah. Well, there's not much else you can do though, mate. It's it is an open world game. There is a lot of driving involved. Do you know what I mean? But you're right, not every game can be GTA. I mean, GTA cost a lot of money and took, took one studio, that that was all that studio made. Do you know what I mean? For, for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. This is this is like, I'm pretty sure they've shared with the Assassin's Creed team in some ways, have they not? 
it's fairly evident yeah. they have, yeah. <laughs> they've, t- they've used a lot of the assets, you, and I mean, what I mean is, um, I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of cross-development going on there as well, between the two. Whereas, as I said, you've got GTA came out, and uh, as I said, that studio has done nothing. Everybody that works there has been working on that game. So not every game can be as good as that, do you know what I mean? Um, the the thing I was going to say is you were talking about obviously the no no shooting while you're driving. Um, is that possibly because that's something that doesn't already exist in the engine because there's no shooting in Assassin's Creed or driving? Yeah, it could well be, mate. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the engine, but um, it just seems those little things that seem fairly obvious, not even from other games, but from police chases on films and things like that. You know, um, shooting people while you're driving a car is a thing that that happens in in like action in, in real life. <laughs> well, maybe not so much in real life, but certainly in action sequences in, in films and games. You, and you want to walk a bit to Glasgow, mate? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it does have some good stuff to it. I mean, the the one thing that I think kind of stands out with Watch Dogs as compared to that other one. It does a very good job at making the world feel very lived in. Um, also, you know, making the characters feel very personal. Even the the NPCs in it, um, you know, having the you know being able to hack them and having just a brief snippet of information about each character and all being named differently and all that sort of stuff. I think it does a good job at doing that. Also, um, alongside that is the little conversations and stuff, and I've always liked that in those other games where you can. Um, just listen to conversations that are going on around there, but the 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 vast diversity in subjects that these people are talking about in this world is really good. There was um, a guy talking about shagging a bird in there the other day. I was listening to, and there's, there's a guy talking about his vasectomy, and there's all sorts, like, all sorts of all sorts of random things people are talking about. People are talking about music. People are talking about cars. People are talking about all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so yeah, there's all those little snippets into these imaginary people's lives and even like listening to their phone calls and stuff like that um, when you're hacking them and when you're um, intruding on their privacy into their houses when you get bit into those missions there's some, um, yeah. you know, you're getting those little snippets of people's lives it just makes you think you know, there's lots going on in this city yeah those uh, those intrusion uh, mini games are the collectibles some of the craziest things I've seen in a while but uh, some really silly stuff in there but no I, I think they do a really good job at that so have you guys been invading other people's worlds? Yeah. How's that go? I, I, I literally know nothing about this part of it, so I'm quite interested. I've had it happen to me. I've not gone into anyone else's, but I, I did find at one point I just decided to turn it off. Um, I mean, right at the very beginning, or like maybe a couple uh, missions in, um, you try and access a mission and then some, uh, you know, something happens and it says, go to this area. Uh, so you go to this area and then it says someone's hacking you. Um, gonna hunt them down. Uh, so you're basically scanning through everyone in the environment to try and hunt them down. Uh, and eventually find the hacker and kill them. It's happened to me twice. First time I, it, I think it, it was like a fixed event. And then the second time someone actually genuinely came into my world. Um, and stole my shit. But it never let me go into theirs and and uh, do it back to them, which I believe was something that they said that you were able to do, like, you know, if someone came into your world, you could go, then go in, uh, go into theirs and then kill them, but that never happened. I never got the prompt to do that. See, when you said you turned it off, mm. Terry, do you mean you turned the 
ability for people to hack you, or do you mean you turn the game off? Just, oh no, sorry, I, I mean, you get the option to turn the online mode off if you don't want to, so... Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah, so for me, I, I just kind of wanted a more story-centric experience, and kind of at least get to, to grips with the world, rather than it just happening every five minutes. Um, I just wanted some time to actually kind of mess around without having to worry about other shit happening in the background. So in short, you were a shape bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed that you do get um, a bit of an inkling that it's going to happen, though, because when you're walking around hacking people, if you keep a bit of an eye on who you're hacking, it will actually tell you that they're operatives. And, it, and ah. if you follow that person, shortly afterwards they'll make a phone call, which will then... Which, which I believe the phone call they make is actually somebody trying to get into your game. Right. So if okay. you can kill the operative before they make that phone call, or you take their phone off before they make that phone call, then they don't come into your world. So hmm. initially I was having lots of people come into my world, but now I'm kind of ahead of the game with that. I don't get as many at all. Yeah. I did. So I did. It's, it's a bit of depth in it. I did threaten to turn it back on now that I've I've completed it. Just a. Uh, kind of clean up some stuff on there and, and just give it a go, really. I still get prompted to do that stuff. It kind of feels like doing it wrong, do you not think, to play it without that turned on? Yes and no. I think it just kind of threw it in very quickly when I'd not been able to get to grips with all of the like hacking abilities and that sort of stuff, but maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know, I think it can feel a bit wrong with the hacking going on as well, because one of the times it happened to me, I was... I was specifically going to go and play poker or something, and literally as I got to the location to play some poker, I was just about to sit at the table, somebody just appeared from behind somewhere and started shooting the crap out of me or hacking my files or whatever. And because I wasn't ready, they were in a car and, and gone. And, and, but when you when you do go chasing after someone, you can end up the other side of the map and you've just been somewhere. And because you, you have to put this importance on stopping this person hacking you, you can end up across the other side of the map and then have to make your way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to use fast travel and things, which I, I mean, I don't like fast travel, as you know, but that's not a thing I do. <laughs> no, but this, this also has some other uh, features that you don't like in it. Uh, that... Yeah, well, this has got lots of things I don't like. Um, this would be no surprise to you or to anybody who knows the way I play games. Because it's a Ubisoft game, because it's so closely based to Assassin's Creed, every single thing in the world is signposted on the map. Every collectible, mm. every mission, every side mission, every hacking point, everything is signposted on the map, and you can GPS to each and so each and every one of them. Yes, and it annoys the crap out of me. There's nothing to find. There's nothing to hide that, that's hidden that you can go and find. Even obviously, we've seen in the in the trailers, you've got the QR codes on the buildings. Even those, you'd expect those to be hidden and just something you see when you're going around. But no, they're all signposted. Every single thing, it just annoys me no end. Because you end up just going, do one thing, go in the map, highlight something else, drive to that, do that, go in the map. And I really cannot play like that. Yeah, I knew you were going to hate that stuff. I've told you about this in the past, away with Assassin's Creed. It's what? probably one of the reasons I don't like Assassin's Creed so much. Yeah. Hold your hand about everything. See, I, I've got mixed feelings about these. I don't go for collectibles, as you know, Jess. But, um... There's a whole thing where when they're on my map and they're telling me where to go, it makes me go for the collectibles. And I think Assassin's Creed, that series is probably the only one that I bother going for, like, 
every single collectible on the map, and it's just that whole gaming OCD, where if I see something and I know what it is, I can't not go for it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that, but um, obviously we all have our own ways, don't we? Yeah. And mine are generally back to front. See, so you can always play with a blindfold, mate. Yeah, I haven't quite got to that. I'm uh, I'm working on Titanfall with a blindfold at the moment. But... <laughs> so, would you recommend it then, mate? Um, I think you need to play it just so you can make your own opinion of things. Obviously, don't listen to what I say. Um, I don't think it's as groundbreaking as we all hoped. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But again, we are really early in the cycle. It's a studio that ha- that doesn't really do this kind of open world modern open world thing um, doing it for the, the first time really so did we expect too much quite possibly mm. um, is it still an enjoyable experience yes um, but yeah just be wary not to constantly compare it in your own head to um, similar titles from other studios yeah. I mean Terry hmm. you, you've been known to play an Assassin's Creed have you no, no. I, play, I played the first one and, and that just put me off completely uh. I was going to ask about, is there, is there many links to Assassin's Creed? Because I know these take place in the same world. Apparently there is a... Because I, I speak to someone that actually does play these games, there is a company in this called Bloom, uh, which apparently turns up in one of the Assassin's Creeds. Um, right. Um, whether or not... I don't think that gives too much away, but... No mentions of uh, uh, Abstergo or anything like that? Not that I... Not during the story. I don't know whether it's something you could go out of your way to maybe find, uh, but... No. What's, what's the name of the company in this? The security system? CTOS. because yeah, I know when you play yeah. um, Assassin's Creed 4, there's an email, and it's that same mob that are... Uh, so, uh, given, that are supplying the security to the Abstergo company in the game. So I always remember that there was like a little link to Watch Dogs already before it came out, but I was hoping for, hoping there's a bit more. Maybe um, someone like Dash who's played a lot of Assassin's Creed can elaborate that next time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, do want. Isn't it out for the 360? Yeah, I'm planning on playing this in the 360. It's still going to be a while yet before I get a an Xbox One, and by the time I do, there's going to be so much else out, and no one's going to be bored with the online stuff on this, are they? So. Uh, I think I'm going to grab this on the Xbox 360 for now to satiate myself. Hmm. I think um, we haven't mentioned um, the multiplayer playing with people you like, like proper multiplayer mode. Um, like a cut-down version of what GTA's online is, if you like. So um, I played with Dash and Stu the other day, and it's got some decent little modes on there. Um, you obviously got your races and stuff like that, where you can trigger all the things in the environment. Which is it's quite nice, mm-hmm. um, and you've also got like hacking things where there's a there's a file, and between you you've got a, it's it's essentially like oddball where you're holding it, um, holding the file for a period of time so you can uh, hack it without the others getting it off you. Um, that that's quite good to play in this in this sort of uh, vehicle driven and weapons driven sort of environment. I take it you never have to do any actual proper hacking. Look, there's, no, nothing that, there's nothing that even mildly no mini the games nearest thing the nearest thing is a mini game where you have to um, like a bit of a circuit diagram you've got to link things mm. around to open gates to, to hack your way into things the way you do when um, you're really hacking in real life yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah as you do yeah <laughs> there's, there's interesting things like um, obviously you can hack into all the cameras in the city and sometimes to open stuff you need to get a different viewpoint so you can hack into a camera 
that hacks into another camera that you can't see, but the other camera can see, which gets you an angle above or below where you are or from a different side to to see the things you need to unlock to, to get into the next part. So um, those sort of mechanics are really good and really enjoyable. And, like, Assassin's Creed 4, there's, like, 28 computers that you can hack in the Abstergo building. Each one to, to, to get in and read, like, through the uh, files that are locked in it and stuff like that. But there's, like, three different hacking minigames that you need to do um, on all these computers and stuff. So I just think it would be quite funny if a game like Watch Dogs that's about hacking didn't have as much hacking in it as Assassin's Creed that isn't about that hacking. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> So one of the uh, one of the bits in the game that I do really like, um, and I want I'll get your opinion on these, Terry, mm. is the uh, gang hideouts. You have to infiltrate an area, and um, yeah, there's a specific person or persons who are a target within this hideout, and there's generally loads of armed people, and there's lots of things you can trigger and lots of things you can um, get a different viewpoint on to to use to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've really had lots of fun with those. I've nearly finished all of those because they are. Uh, a fantastic thing, and there's a lot of those that um, do the same sort of thing within missions as well. But they're really good. Yeah, it's uh, the good thing about this game. I think that does it different to to any of the others is the fact that it does allow you to strategize your way around these environments, and kind of through these little events, like you say about the gang hideouts and that sort of thing. And I've had people that can actually do these gang hideouts without actually stepping foot into them. Um, which I think is pretty crazy, but uh, I don't know about you, I don't tend to go into these situations all gun blazing. I prefer if I can take a stealthier approach to things, um, that I'll do that. Um, so I usually just arm myself with like a silenced pistol and just go in there and just take them all out one by one. I like to do as much as I can without actually going down and firing a shot. Mm-hmm. So obviously you can attract people to different things by making things move. Um, that make them all gather and you can you can set a proximity mine or blow something up there and, and those sort of things. I try and do as much as I possibly can without actually firing a shot. Mm-hmm. Even to the point where um I've gone and caused some trouble so the police are after me. I've gone up I've gone up high somewhere where the police can't get to me and the baddies can't get to me. The police come in and they'll actually have a, a scrap between the police and the enemies that you're after and you don't have to do anything <laughs> to just kill each other. That's it. So try doing a bit of that is is Really quite good. Oh, but that brings me on to the police and the AI of police things and the chasing of the enemies. So, uh, we've all had a police chase in other games, um, various other games where police can chase you around. Um, Generally, you get you get like different levels of of different amounts of police, don't you? You go like one star, two star, whatever, all the way up to all hell's breaking loose. this one tends to do it slightly differently, whereas as soon as you've got any sort of wanted level, every copper in the world is after you. Yeah. Um, and then they call in a helicopter, but it's only ever one helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe they've only got one. There's a really good trick for just getting yourself away from things and getting rid of the helicopter. Um, and once you learn that, you can get away from any number of police with any wanted level. It's yeah, it's it's a bit broken. The AI, um, it, uh, yeah, I think you have to play it yourself. I'm not going to spoil it too much, Will. But once you play it yourself and you you work out the AI of these things, work out the little tricks, it's it's just too easy to um, to get away. It always kind of has been with it. Again, it's 
like you're comparing to Grand Theft Auto, but the, I think the thing I'll mostly be comparing this to is the Assassin's Creed series. Mm-hmm. But it's always been like that. The the guard AI in Assassin's Creed's a bit dumb as well, and there's well, it's just like that when you when you you um have got a, a load of people chasing you, you can drive down an alleyway, turn your car off, and just sit there in your car. The timer for them not to be able to find you will count down. It will get to zero as they're sat right in front of you. Then you can just drive off when they're watching you. And you're like, well, hang on, two minutes ago you wanted to shoot me in the face. <laughs> and now you're not bothered. Um, like literally within the space of two seconds. So, um, yeah, it all seems a bit broken and a bit back to room to me. I don't know, I think I've moaned enough about this game. Just wait until Watch Dogs 2, they'll all be polished off by then. Because it's inevitable. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I imagine there's some sort of illusion to that at the end without any spoilers. I wasn't even saying it for that. I'm just saying about the fact that it's sold 4 million units in its first week, so I think the sales figures will pretty much tick all of Ubisoft's you know, boxes. I think they'll just basically say, yeah, this is going to become a fucking annual franchise just like Assassin's Creed will be. Mm. Well, best order number two and number three now, because yeah. they'll be here. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but yeah, well, that's what it is. I don't know if... Um, Watchdogs and Assassin's Creed are going to kind of converge somewhere down the line. I don't know. It seems like there's some some hint of a of a, a deeper purpose between the games. So um, that's it, really. Um, do you still want Will? Or are you not interested now? Yeah, I think I'm. I was always going to want it anyway. As I say, based on the my love for the Assassin's Creed games and just the idea that it's set in the same world. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you maybe made me a bit less excited for it. And it's probably yeah, going to be even worse because I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be playing this on the Xbox 360, and by all accounts, that's the that's vastly inf- inferior to it, isn't it? So, is that uh, still loading on a on a cassette tape or is that a CD? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible cunt. But yeah, I'll, I'll still be playing it. It's it's either going to be this or a uh, Murdered Soul Suspect for me next. So, mm. Mm, I don't know. I de- I definitely do want to play it. And maybe a bit of a comparison with what we've said with the 360 version might be nice as well. Imagine the 360 version was better and had all the shit that's missing. <laughs> Could well be, mate. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. It's definitely somebody's got it. It's not in this game. Anyways, that's me chatting about Watch Dogs and been really nasty. So, um, anyone want to lighten the mood by playing anything else? Yeah, so I've been away for a while. I've been doing i've just been grooming my beard for a bit um but is it down to your knees yeah basically yeah and look like a member of zz top um it's, it's all going good um but in the meantime um apart from watchdogs uh you guys kind of uh, had a discussion about wolfenstein um, which i've played and finished and really enjoyed that game um uh, so i won't get into it too much but um so i've been finding that I've kind of been stuck in a, a rut a little bit. Other than Watch Dogs kind of like being a big game, I've kind of just kind of want to go down the hallway. I just want to, you know, spend a little bit of time on something and just kind of break in between. So one of the first games I played, uh, it went on sale on Steam a couple of weeks ago, uh, was the Stanley Parable. Um, have any of you guys played this? No, I've not played it. No, I've seen I've seen it around, and um, I've, I've been mildly interested, but it's not something I have picked up. It's brilliant. I didn't know what to expect coming into it. Um, like you said, I'd seen kind of bits and pieces, um, and then just kind of decided to kind of 
go all in and, and decided to download it. This is a really, really fun game. Um, kind of imagine Portal, just with an even more mm, sarcastic um, narrator, you know, during it. I mean, the story is virtually non-existent. I mean, it, it builds it as you go along, so you can... The clever ways that they, they go about, you know, changing the story as how you choose to do it, instead of it being a set narrative, is really clever. Um, I'm not going to go... It's difficult. I want to talk about it, but I don't want to go too much into it, because it's better experience yourself. Uh, kind of finding like the numerous different endings. I believe there's just short of 20 endings uh, to this game. Um, some are really obscure. Some are really easy to get to, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just got a really good charm to it. The, the narrator is equal parts um, annoying and equal parts this guy is, is really awesome I mean the whole reason it went on sale is because uh, Dota 2 um, they did an narrator map um, voice pack uh, for the game um, so they did a, a sale for that but uh, no th this is a really fun game I don't really know what to say about it I don't want to spoil it um, I mean do you guys want to know anything in particular? You said it's like Portal. What's the mechanics like? What's it about? Um, you kind of walk around this uh, this abandoned office, but the the story is basically Stanley is at a desk. He's told to press things. One day, he doesn't get the instructions to press any buttons, so he kind of goes on his little journey through his office building uh, to find out what's happened to his fellow co-workers or why he's not getting any instructions anymore. And just during this, like for example. Um, the narrator says, like, Stanley walks down the corridor um, to find where his colleagues are, so you walk through the corridor, um, and then at one point you'll get to two doors, and he'll say, Stanley took the door to the left, and if you go to the right, it'll just say, like, Stanley wasn't very good at following instructions, he kept on walking around to the recreation room, and then, you know, that sort of thing, so you can either follow it the way that the narrator's saying it, um, or you can just follow it your own way. Um, and some of the ways that it goes is, is really fucking silly. It's really sounds, silly. It sounds in some ways a bit similar to uh, Bastion and its narration system. Yeah, it does have that aspect of the, the narrator will kind of... Say, for example, I stay in that rec room for a while. The narrator will just constantly come out with new lines constantly until I move out of there. Um, and some of the stuff he'll just say, yeah, I'm not going to say anything now, Just just move on. Otherwise, you're just going to be stood in silence. Um, you know, the, the like I said, I don't want to go into it too much, but yeah, it it does have that that bastion narrator feel. And the reason I I kind of say it's portal esque is because in the way that Glados was a very strong character in her own right, the narrator feels like he kind of is the main focal point. Even though you're playing as Stanley, the narrator is is the story, if you know what I mean. It, he's He's got that bulk of the story. He's he's telling you how everything goes, and you're picking up this story along the way, so you're kind of in Stanley's shoes, but the narrator is uh, is kind of the main guy. He's the one with all the, the personality, because Stanley doesn't talk. Um, right. So, yeah. I like that game. I think you should oh, play it. Sounds interesting. What's that on? Um, it's on... Well, I played it on the Mac, which apparently doesn't play anything. Boom. Um, <laughs> but you can download it on PC as well. I believe it's only on those two platforms at the moment. I think before the sale, I think it's nine ninety nine. Um, right. Which is... Yeah, that sounds about Yeah, right. it's a good price um, for, for what you're getting. 
Um, but it's an absurd game. But some of the things in there. Have really... you completed it, or are you still going through? I, there's no real completion because once you finish one story, you just immediately go right back to the beginning again, just so that you can kind okay. of find some more, um, some more of the endings. But I've I've found about a dozen of the endings. I think there's still a few more to go, but you've got to do some really obscure stuff. So I mean, I was looking on some. Uh, YouTube videos just out of interest, just to see what the other end, some of the other endings were, or like some of the things that you had to do to get to the other endings, which are are, uh, are pretty obscure. But no, it, it's it's good. I, I I would encourage people to play that game purely on a. You can spend five minutes with it, or like the first night I I downloaded it, I spent probably about three hours playing this game. Uh, and if you stick to the core story that they're trying to tell, I think it lasts about ten minutes. <laughs> so, so lots of uh, lots of procrastinating to do. That's good. Yeah, so there is plenty of things to do. Um, so yeah, I I would heartily recommend that game. Um, but then again, I am behind the times, so people probably listening to this have already uh, played this about six months ago. So yeah, Max. Um, and then the other thing. Um, now I know that you guys are fans of the Borderlands. Massively so. Yep. Um, so Borderlands 2 just came out on the Vita uh, probably a week or so ago and decided I would drop on that because, you know, who doesn't mind a bit of Borderlands in their life? Now, I've played through the first one, uh, completed that. Borderlands 2 came out. I got the majority of the way through it um, but never finished it because games happened and then I moved on to the next one. So it's nice to kind of go back to this, but... A lot of people, the the reviews that came out for this was basically saying that oh the controls are shit. It doesn't, you know, you've not got your L two R two buttons. It's it's really awkward to to control. It's absolutely fine. It's for the people that are complaining, and you know, I'm hearing that people are complaining. Oh, it doesn't look as good as what it does on the PC or the consoles. It's not going to. It's a, it's a handheld, you know, it's a handheld console. You know, the the fact that they've managed to port. You know, such a big game into such a, a small device is mind blowing. Um, you know, you get the main game, you get the I think there was two DLC packs with it, like expansion story packs, um, and some character packs as well that you can download as extra characters. But yeah, I'm having a again, I'm having a lot of fun with that. You know, it is cross save, so anything I do on my PlayStation Three go over to my Vita, I can carry on while I'm supposed to be at work, you know, actually working. Um and then come home, do the cross save and continue on with the console. I know what you mean now, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> um It's a dangerous move I think with um putting putting a game like this. Certainly if I had a Vita and I had um the ability to play it at work, I don't think I'd ever get any work done because I do love the Borderlands. It's um dangerous. Mm. <laughs> it really is, um, you know, just and like I said, they they have cut back on some things. Like I say, yes, the graphics aren't going to look as as sharp as they do on the console counterpart, but for what they've done with it, they've managed to make it work. Um, you know, bodies don't stay in the environment, but it adds that little added extra of they'll just explode. You know, they'll just explode into a million pieces. Um, you know, no matter what you do, I think that's kind of got that Borderlands humor, like. I could punch someone and just punch them up until a point of where they just explode into like blood and guts, um, just silly things like that. But um, yeah, I think that and when Minecraft comes out for the Vita in August, I think my life's pretty much going to be over. 
Doing it wrong. I think the, the, I mean, if we want to talk about the VR, I mean, that's having a really good showing at the moment, like what they're doing with that and all the indie games. Um, PlayStation Plus is adding a bunch of games to it as well. Um, Y'all love Trousers. That That's a pretty good game to play on the Vita. Um, yeah, I've played a bit of that on somebody's Vita. It's really it nice. is. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's coming into its own, that, that little handheld. But Borderlands is kind of the first game in, in quite a while I've, I've thought this is really like technically impressive what you've done and how you've managed to to fit this really expansive open world game um you know onto this onto this handheld console um you know at one point when borderlands came out you'd think oh this is really you know i wish there was a version that could kind of take anywhere with you now you've got that and you know there's it Okay, the controls on it can be a bit finicky at times. You've got the um, L2, R2, the the rear touch uh, panel. So if you're holding it Mm. wrong, that can be a bit of a pain. So I can kind of maybe lob a grenade once every so often without realising. And then you've got your um, character special ability. Uh, that's like a, a press of the of the screen on the front. So if my thumb slips or something off the tiny analog stick, um, that can cause a bit of a problem. But uh, no, there's my sunshine and happiness um, in between all this misery. Um, Has it got co-op? Because obviously that's the, our favourite thing about Borderlands, the fact you can play four-player co-op. It's, can you link up? Yes, two-player, I believe. Um, Still not bad. It's better than not. Yeah, the the fact that they allow you to do that again is is pretty good. But uh, yeah, they, it's it's two player co op as far as I'm aware. But at least you can kind of go through it with someone else. Yeah, that's cool. I've I've been looking at um, pre owned Vitas and stuff recently, just as a as a potential purchase when I could afford it. And um, the price is coming down nicely now. The new ones come out. Mm-hmm. Some of the old ones are uh, a decent price. And I'm like, mm, I might not bother now. This could be dangerous. I think it can be. <laughs> I do, I could get a Vita. I don't think I'd be able to look my Pokemon in the eye. <laughs> there is that as well, but I think after a while you'll get over the guilt. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave them to starve. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's obligatory Pokemon reference of the there show. There you go, easy. <laughs> cool. Um, thanks, Terry. That's good, good things to know, actually. Good things to know. Uh, Will, you've been playing some games, I believe. Tell us all about it. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to give a fair warning here, right? Anyone who has listened to us in the past should probably sit down before I break this news. But, yeah, I have been playing Dark Souls 2. What? Yes. Now, um, there's a bit bit of history behind this. Obviously, for anyone who hasn't listened, um, in a past episode, I had played Dark Souls 1. Uh, I think I played the first three hours of it and just did not get along with that game at all. Uh, I found it not only was it too difficult, but the controls were just ridiculously and unnecessarily clunky and the camera angles were horrible. Everything was just terrible about it. Um, I decided to to get a hold of this. I don't even know why. I think I wanted to have a proper opinion about it to make fun of it. To uh, John Salmon. Um, because he's a, he's a big fan of it, and I ended up getting it. And so, I mean, you can tell how much I was, how much interest I was putting into it because I made my character a big giant fat guy with multicoloured hair and he's <laughs> life-like like, then. Yeah, <laughs> no, but he's like 
He, he properly looks like Darth Maul. He's got like a jet black body and a bright red face and pink hair and stuff like that. So I clearly wasn't taking this game seriously, do you know what I mean? But after about three hours of this game, I became hooked. And I could feel it happening. It was a weird slow process where with every every little kill that I was getting at the start and every little bit further I was getting forward and I was feeling the little payoffs, it was just starting to click with me more and more. And I think it was about three, four hours into the game where I decided, do you know what, I think I like this one. Mostly the game hasn't changed, apart from it's, it's taken a massive graphical leap over the first one. Uh, it looks like, a, well, I know you guys are playing your Xbox Ones right now, at least this one looks like an Xbox 360 game where the, the first one was really, really janky looking and quite horrible. Uh, this one has a nice flowing camera behind you as well that seems to sit exactly where you want it, whereas the, the first one I felt like you would walk around corners and you would have to manually make it follow you and stuff like that, so it, it's a lot better that way and the controls have been completely done up, but this one gives you like a proper little nice tutorial area to get to sink your teeth into and you know, it's just, it kind of gets you into the game a little bit at a time does that make sense? Yeah but even more amazingly than the fact that I've started this game, I have completed this game. There you go. That's good, Kevin. I did not expect it. Every single boss I was getting past, I kept feeling like I'm on borrowed time here. At some point, I'm going to have to put this game down because it's going to be too hard. But it turns out, no, the game isn't too hard. The game is hard as in... It's not like modern games where your character is extremely overpowered and you can kill 15 guys at the same time. The game's like it auto saves, so as soon as you die, you get, you get to start again with absolutely no penalty. Do you know what I mean? It's not that. It's it's very hardcore in the way that you need to learn patterns and you need to understand every little move that your character does. You need to understand how long that's going to take and when to take risks because. Yeah, fair enough. Like they said with the first one, that every little fight is a fight to the death. Like even with the with the littler enemies, and that's not always true because there's certain areas I can walk into right now where I can just run about and not even pay much attention and just hand several enemies' asses to them at the same time. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, generally, whenever you go into a new area, uh, every single fight you need to properly be locking on to your target, having your shield up and ready suckling the enemy, letting him hit you a couple of times just to kind of test out his attacks and waiting for the right time to, to strike and not hitting too many times either, which can always be the folly. It's like, uh, my character's running about with a big halberd right now and I, I, he does like a proper two-stage attack, but sometimes it feels quite tempting to swing the sword that extra time and then because you've done it you end up getting smashed about the place and stuff. But I, th- I think it's very rewarding, this game. Uh, I think you would love it, Jess. See, just saying that, it, it's it's crazy because you obviously know that I played about the first 10 minutes of the first one, um, really didn't like the fact the control system was utter arse, <laughs> and then never turned it back on again. Yeah. Um, so, have they sorted the controls out? Well, I feel as if they have. It still takes, like, when you swing your sword, it still is a slow labouring process. Even with but it. does it go where you? Does it swing when you want it to swing and where you want it to swing, which it didn't do in the first one? Yes, I would say ninety-five percent of the time it does. There is an issue I've found that that you lock on to an enemy, and 
sometimes the enemy will take a swing at you and you'll press the roll button and then you'll try and swing your sword a few times because so you're expecting to roll around the person maybe round to the back and swing your sword a couple of times and for some reason in the middle of the animation of rolling if you if you press the sword the the swing too early he kind of just stands up and swinging in the direction that he's facing even though you're locked onto a target that happens like you know one out of maybe 20 30 times if you're trying to pull off that maneuver do you know what i mean but apart from that yeah it, I, I understand exactly what's going to happen when i press the button to, to swing my sword to roll to whatever i decide to do do you know what i mean good because obviously when i played the first one i said to you and i think i said on the show as well that i'd never felt like i was actually in control of what was going on yeah um and to start a game not being in control when you're so low powered and stuff it just it's not a good way to go no no uh, I mean, it's as I say, it's quite fun. But one of the things, and I, I'm told that this exists in a certain state in Dark Souls One, but I never got far enough in to experience these. But there's, there's there are several online elements to this game, and it's funny when you talk about Watchdogs with people invading and you invading each other's worlds. But I'll get to that in a wee minute. Uh, what what you got is right to, to start with. Just, even as you're going through the tutorial section you start to notice there's little red splotches of blood on the floor. Quite obvious, though. They look like maybe like collectibles out of an old-fashioned game or something like that. And if you walk over to these, the these are blood splatters of other heroes who are at the same point in the game as you are right now. And what it does is it shows you a little ghost image of how that person died. Hmm. Uh, what, what it doesn't show is, if they're in the middle of combat, it doesn't show you what they were fighting. But it'll show you them swinging away at something and then inevitably dying. Or sometimes it shows you them walking into the cave you're about to walk down and then suddenly the body just goes all flat, like they've been flattened by something. You're like, oh, so there's a, a trap in that cave then, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of this in the game to help you, help you out. That uh, sounds handy. Yeah, you also have this really, really wonderful um, note uh, feature in the game. So you'll see look, this... Uh, little, it, it's it's in gibberish, but it's like little um, orange text on the ground. It'll be like three lines of orange text, and when you look at it closely, it's in gibberish. But when you click on it, these are all player messages where people have left comments on where you are in the game. So, I mean, this can range from, you're about to go into a room, and someone will say, be wary of left. And when you walk into the room, sure enough, an enemy's standing on the left side of the doorway. Or... Sometimes it can be a case of one of the bosses I was going to fight, where you're fighting a bowman and uh, a guy with a sword and shield at the same time, and giving you the, the advice to take out Sniper. Do you know what I mean? Like, take out the Sniper first and stuff like that. It's very sim- uh, simple, the, the way you actually write the messages. In fact, it reminds me of... Did you ever play Pokemon Ruby, Terry? Yes. Do you remember when you used to do the little news interviews? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would because it's Nintendo and you're not allowed to swear and stuff, you weren't allowed to type in your own message. You had to take it from a stock list of words and stuff. Okay, yeah. It's actually very similar to that. The best part about this is, though, people use this for tremendous fun. Now, this is a game with no humour. That's one thing I'll say about it. There's literally nothing in this game that's cheery or fun or anything. Not even There's not even like a little item description that you'll go, haha, that's quite funny, that's a reference to that, or whatever, do you know what I mean? There's no humour in this game at all. It's very serious, very dark, very dreary. But 
these little player messages can lighten up the world a little bit more because you'll be walking down, there'll be a spot where there's always an NPC character standing, like uh, maybe a shopkeeper or something like that. And being a mostly male uh, demographic that plays this game, I think, when you go to these female characters, uh, sometimes people have left a little message at their feet and you'll uh, read the message and it'll say something like, try tongue and then hole, or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or enter butt hole. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. There's a lot of that going about the game. Um, I've left a lot of messages. and You also get benefits for leaving these messages as well. Uh, one, of, one of the key things in Dark Souls, when you, whenever you die, we all know you lose your souls. I take it. You've heard this. No, I didn't get that far. Right, right. Well, your souls are your experience, experience points and your money all rolled into one. Every time you kill an enemy, you get a certain amount of souls from them. Uh, but every time you die, you lose the souls that you were carrying. And they stay in a little green orb wherever you died. You need to then make your way to that place. Kind of like Warcraft style where you would have to go and look at your yeah, body. Yeah, do a corpse run. Yeah. yeah, you need to do a corpse run, um, get around and get it. But the problem is if you die a second time, those are gone. And it's the next set of souls that you just died with that that, that you're going to recover. Um, but on top of that, you lose humanity. Now, um, what happens is your, your character's meant to be uh, what's called a hollow, which is kind of like a soulless zombie. Um, you start off on full humanity where you look like a human being and you have a full health bar. Every time you die, you lose a percentage of your health bar and you become more zombie-like in appearance. But if you leave a message, there's a little rating system and people can rate. If people liked your message, they click the little rate button. To do it, and any time someone rates your message, it gives you a little percentage of your humanity back. So that's nice. Um, so it definitely rewards players for leaving loads of these little messages about. And I assume that's why there's literally hundreds and thousands of them throughout the game when, you, when you're walking about. You find them everywhere. Uh, some of the ones, I think you would enjoy these as well, Jace. There's a lot of ones where people have kind of um, kind of jumped in ways where you're not supposed to jump and stuff, like against walls or um, in funny ways, and they've managed to stand on a place where you clearly shouldn't be able to stand and left a little note. And sometimes it becomes quite tempting to try and find out how they glitched their way up there yeah. to try and read the note and stuff. And you usually cool. get there and it's just like someone's left a note, left a little note that just says, here, with an explanation mark. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just to no, say that they were there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of that going on. The biggest and most fun element to this game is the co-op features. Now, I'm a bit disappointed that you can't just play this game fully co-op with a friend. Um, but what you do get is uh, every character starts off with uh, a soapstone, which is like a little chalkstone thing that you can write and leave your summon symbol on the map. Uh so what you do is if there's a particularly hard boss and you've already beaten it, you can leave your little summon sign outside the boss. Someone else will summon you into their game and you give them a hand to beat that boss together so until you beat up the boss together and you get, I think it's like 25% of the experience from that boss for helping. Uh, there's other benefits as well because you get little, little covenants you can join. Uh, you can join one covenant in the game and each one gives you different benefits. Sometimes it's for helping players. Sometimes it's for doing less nice, less savoury things. But, yeah, 
Um, sometimes they don't, you're getting, the player's also getting benefits for that as well. But it definitely meant a player like me, who's completely unexperienced, although I'm enjoying running about the map, fighting the standard enemies, you do come across, across some of the most horrendous bosses in Dark Souls. And, you know, I, I always try them myself a couple of times. It's Quite a few of them I did manage to beat by myself. But I would say at least 70% of these bosses that I fought in the game, I fought in co-op with at least one other player. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with this is there's no chat. There's no party chat. There's no in-game chat. Doing it wrong. Uh, it has its own little charm to it because there's a there's a whole list of gestures that you get. You collect gestures. I think you start off with eight. So like a little bow, a little wave, you know, all that kind of stuff. And as you meet other NPCs in the game, I think almost all of them in the game teach you a new gesture and stuff. And sometimes it's quite fun. Someone joins your game, you give them a little bow, and then you point where you're going to go, and then you're all kind of running together, and then you get to the boss, and just before you walk into the boss room, you'll all start doing like little victory dances and stuff before you fight them and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of fun to it in that way. The the other aspect to this was, and I said, obviously some of the covenants in the game are to help you play it in co-op with other players. Um, there's a game invading aspect to this game. So if you're wandering around, sometimes you get a little message that says a dark phantom has entered your world. And you'll be walking about. Now what happens is these players enter your game, they look like horrible dark ghost versions of themselves. And they will attack you. Unfortunately for you, none of the enemies in the game are interested in this person that's just invaded your world and they also want to kill you. So you've got the environment wants to kill you and you've got another player that's just entered the game that also wants to kill you as well. I haven't experimented with invading people's worlds yet and I think I want to now that I've now that I've finished it. But yeah, sometimes it's not so fun when someone invades you at the wrong time when you've just managed to get to a point where you've not been able to do it yet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Um, but I I really enjoyed this game and every, as I said, every boss I was getting through, I was like, yeah, at some point this is going to beat me, I'm going to have to give up on it. But no, I think the difficulty curve on it is is good. I don't recommend this to people who don't like, like, that haven't been playing games properly for quite a while and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? It's, it is definitely a hardcore game, but I don't think it deserves to be called a hard game. Uh, because it's not about it being hard, it's just about learning the system. And once you learn it, it's like it's like suddenly it's like that bit in the Matrix where Neo suddenly gets it. Do you know what I mean? The game start. I think there's somewhere around about maybe the five six hour mark, maybe where the game just suddenly clicks and you go, right, I get it now. This isn't hard. I just need to do this. Do you know it's always I mean? good when it, when you get that in a game. I've had that in a few games before, and uh, you know you, you you feel at one with the game, you know, and you and you. You understand the systems and stuff. Yeah, and I certainly enjoyed. Um, and uh, you take a certain pride in your character. I think this happens. Uh, it's 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 different from a lot of other things because, like, yeah, you play Halo, and you've unlocked certain armor mods and stuff like that, and you like going into the multiplayer maps and people seeing your character. But there's a certain pride you take in getting like some cool weaponry, some really cool looking armor. Because you know you're summoning people into your world to see it and stuff, so there's a lot of that goes on, and I, I, I really enjoyed all that stuff and seeing what other what other things other people had had. A lot of times people were coming in with like clubs that were twice the size of my character, and I'm like, what the hell did he get that? Do you know what I mean? And it kind of spurs <laughs> you on. I will admit though, 
Jace, and I know you're going to say I was doing this wrong, I will admit to have having used a guide several times in this game. Well, 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 well. Well. Are you trying to get yourself thrown off the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the G word. Yeah. Um, what I will say is I never went into an area and uh, used the guide straight away, right? I've always gone into the area and attempted to... He always had a sip it. of his beer first before he used the guide. I think two different areas I got stuck in. Like, properly stuck. You've went about everywhere, um, killed everything, feel like you've searched every single place, and just get so frustrated that it's either I check a, gu- a guide or else I'm turning this off and it's not going back on. Do you know what I mean? And so I used a guide a couple of times for that. There were at least two bosses in the game where I just couldn't get a read on how I was supposed to be fighting it. And sometimes it was... Because nothing's marked for you. There's no big red spots on the bosses for you to hit them. Do you know what I mean? But there are several bosses that if you do it properly, you can give yourself a massive advantage. Like, I'm not going to say all of them, but just to give an example, there's a, there's a cool scorpion boss, like half scorpion, half woman, that you have to fight. And if you attack her enough from the back, you'll eventually chop her tail off. There's no indication of this. There's no, like, every time you hit her, the tail wobbles a little bit or it flashes or anything like that. It's just if you had decided to attack her that way, the tail comes off and that eliminates one of her worst attacks. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that sounds good. That, that wasn't one that I needed help with. That was that was one that I managed to do by myself and figure that out by myself and I didn't do, need co-op for that one either. But um, there's quite a few of them like this and I've just found myself, it's like, Going in and fighting, fighting up against a brick wall every single time, and nothing's happening with me. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I didn't need to use a guide, though. Sometimes what I would just do is I would just leave my little soapstone summoning sign outside and go into the boss with someone else and watch how they try to fight it, and you would find that they they will do it a different way. Because they got the guide instead. Yeah, you guide so, by proxy. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Sometimes I would do that, uh, but. The only problem, so, I mean, I'm done and dusted with this game. I have turned on New Game Plus just to see, and I gave you some inaccurate information the other day in the WhatsApp group uh, yesterday. Now, what I'd said was I was really impressed because you start off the first area and none of the enemies are the same. You're suddenly confronted with all these new enemies that I'd never seen before, and they are, <clears throat> like, as tough as the enemies had been fighting at the end of the game. Do you know what I mean? And I was quite impressed. I'm like, alright, cool, so this is going to be like a whole new game again. No, that's not the case. It's just in that little first area. Apparently there's some lore behind these little it's like little hunting people uh, that show up with hawks and all that that they fire at, that they, they, they send after you. Um, but apparently it's just that area. And then, as I, 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 as I said to you last night, I, play, I played New Game Plus for about an hour. And I am where I was about five hours into my first playthrough, so it just shows you how much I've picked up now. Mm. But none of the enemies are different. Everything is in the same place. They've just done that thing where they've given them all more HP and given them all more strength. Do you know what I mean? And I I don't know. I'm not disappointed because that's kind of what you expect from a new game plus. But that first area gave me a lot of hope and actually made me feel like I was going to play it all on new game plus. Oh, well, at least you've had a look now. And... um... Thing is, mate, you, you've you've had a lot of hours out of that game for the price of it. I think um, it it sounds like it's really worthwhile. Yeah, uh, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of myself. And you get a nice hundred G achievement for beating this game as well. 
which there is nice. Awesome. You definitely deserve it. You deserve the hundred. Although I've only got four hundred and thirty in total of the achievements in the game after playing it for sixty-five hours. But you know me, I'm not as bothered about the actual achievement values. I'm just happy to have that little hundred G achievement to say that I've beat Dark Souls. That's that's my little badge of honour. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, well, I imagine there's ridiculous achievements in there because John the Fish plays it all the time, so there must be obscure achievements that you only get from playing it yeah. millions of hours because that's what he does. Well, I think you need to beat the game three times for a start. You need to find every covenant. I know that I haven't found all the covenants because they're all scattered about. There's like NPCs that you talk to in the middle of dungeons will give you the offer to join them. Uh, there's also things for like, uh, learning every spell in the game and stuff like that. But there's a load of secret ones, and I can only assume that I haven't fought every boss, but there was no... Most of the achievements are secret when I first turned this on, including all the bosses that I've already fought. And there's about at least nine of them that I've missed, and I can only assume that these are bosses. Now, I mean, one of the things about Dark Souls that I haven't mentioned is, you can kill any NPC you want in this game. So, I've been told that there's a, there's a dragon that you meet later on in the game, and he has a little chat with you, gives you an item, and sends you on your way, on your quest. Apparently he's a hidden boss, so if you aggro him, you can suddenly turn him into a boss and have a fight with him. I'd imagine like, that's one of the achievements, and I'd imagine I miss a lot of these, and some of these, a lot of these NPCs are achievement-worthy, do you know what I mean? The the most interesting thing I thought, in and in a kind of funny aside, is in order to level up, there's a, a character called the um, Emerald Herald, who is quite closely tied to the main story of this game, and she's the one giving you your quest and sending you through the game and stuff like that. But you need to come and speak to her in the little hub area of the game and every time you want to level up. You can kill her. Nice. <laughs> and then you can never level up in the entire game because you can't bring her back. So that's interesting. Sounds, sounds like doing it really wrong. Yeah. Imagine you'd done that at the start and you'd got. And you didn't realise. And you'd got about like 15 hours into the game and you were like, how come I can't level up in this shit? And someone told you you'd be absolutely raging. You can imagine no, that definitely. for Dark Souls that would be an achievement. Possibly. I know what happens though is, because um, my character, his um, soul is squeaky clean. I've never done anything bad, but basically doing these things, so murdering characters in the game stains your soul a little bit and the more stains your soul is the more the worse you are of a person the more likely you are to be invaded because when people invade worlds they just press that they want to invade and it just picks them a random player who's in that same area to invade but if you the more npcs you've murdered and the more horrible things you've done in the game you're more likely to be invaded so i'd imagine if you kept going about and doing this you're just going to be every couple of minutes you're just going to have someone come in the game and try and murder you I want to so, do this. I want to have more stains than the 12-year-old's bedsheets, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's, um, there's other elements to this. Like people say that this game is a bit easier and stuff. And I, as I said, I don't know. I don't have much experience with the first one. Um, I just think it's the it's the barrier for entry. Because a lot of people that I've spoke, a lot of videos I've watched, and people that have been speaking about it, it sounds like the bosses are all just as hard. Do you know what I mean? It's just that the controls are updated and it eases you into the game a lot better but if people don't like the difficulty of this game there are several ways to, to up the difficulty if you really want to for instance um, when you're choosing your class at the start of the game e- uh, each class is going to have a certain amount of levels already put onto them so you're going to start off at say level 14 if you're this class or level 16 if you're the other class 
and it'll already have like, points into their strength, points into their HP, stuff like that. You can start off as the naked character, where you literally start off with just your pants, and you start off at level 1, with no stats. Beautiful. And you have to fight things with your fist until you can find the sword, things like that. There's also a little stone tablet in the little hub world. There's a little hub place called uh, Medulla, which kind of central on in the, in the world, and there's not any enemies that are going to attack you randomly. There's like a couple of places you can go in and fight things, but they'll never come out and attack you while you're wandering about Medulla and doing your shopping and doing your levelling up and stuff. But in Medulla, hidden around the back somewhere and down a cliff, and it's, there's a little tablet, and you can join one of the covenants. And what this one does is actually puts it into like ultra hard mode. Doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. So apparently more enemies are going to appear and come after you and stuff like that as well. Uh, on top of that as well, you get what's called um, bonfire aesthetics. Uh, I don't know what they're meant to represent in real life, but it's little things that you put into the, you burn in the bonfire, and it ups the intensity of the bonfire. Now I didn't understand what the intensity level meant because every bonfire. I, kept me coming across the game, said bonfire intensity 1, I didn't know what this meant, but basically you up the intensity, and if you're playing your first playthrough, if you use one bonfire aesthetic on the bonfire, it upgrades every enemy in that area to New Game Plus versions, and then you use a second one and it puts them up to New Game Plus Plus, do you know what I mean? So you, you, there's loads of ways to make this game really hard if you, so want, you could if you make want it to. unplayable as fuck, really. If you yeah, want if you want. Do you know what I mean? If you're if you're complaining about the difficulty of this, activate the hard covenant. Start off as the naked version. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of things to do if you if you feel that you're so hardcore that this game isn't hard enough for you. But I think it's it's a it's the right mixture of hard. It's the right right mixture of difficulty, but with reward as well. Do you know what I mean? One um, question that I've got about these games because I never actually played through the first one um, how linear is it is it a real linear experience or can you go off and do stuff or it's mildly linear uh, only in the way that <sighs> right when you start off in the game uh, when you go you, you, you go through your little uh, I can't remember what the name of the area is but there's your little standard tutorial area where there's little carved things you can read that tells you all the buttons of the game while you're doing it and stuff like that uh, you then get through a Medulla, which is the hub world, and from there, I think from the start of the game, there's at least two paths. But there's certainly there's certainly five that link off of Medulla in total, but not all of them are accessible straight away. Some of them you need an item, some of them you need a special ring that lets you drop down the well and not kill yourself at the bottom, although it will leave you with like a ball hair of health left. Um, but you definitely have at least two areas you can access straight away, and quite a lot of the times when you beat an area, um, there's a couple branching off of it, so there's there's a lot of options on what route you want to take through the game. A lot of the bosses are missable as well. Do you know what I mean? Because that's like a good thing. Um, what I will say is the game, especially for the untrained eye such as myself, the game can feel a bit aimless if you're not paying attention to what the characters say. Because there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of kind of douchey, like darkness going on in it, like the way that the characters all talk to you and that kind of deliberately sound, try to sound really epic and really dark, do you know what I mean? And I got to the point where a lot of the times I was skipping the dialogue because it was boring me. 
Listen it's my kind of game, not yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I didn't realise is there's a lot of... Well, there's a lot of the story laced into the, these little conversations. Um, there's, I mean, this game has two cutscenes in it. Uh, oh, that's not strictly true. There's a mini cutscene in the middle of the game where someone drops a ladder and for some reason it goes into a cutscene to do it. But this game has a starting cutscene and an end cutscene and that's it. Everything... Everything else takes place through the, the the characters talking to you in the game. There are no little breadcrumb trails or little compasses or anything like that to tell you where to go. You have to figure that all of this out on your own. Um, but in amongst all the exposition, apparently the Emerald Herald tells you that there are four <coughs> large boss monsters in the game. And that's your... From the start of the game, that is your um, destination. You need to take out the four of these things before you can progress any further. And I didn't even realise that. I was just going on and fighting the next big boss, the next big, the next area, the next big boss. And it took me a long time before I actually realised what was going on in the game. So maybe, if you're playing it, maybe listen to what the NPCs are saying to you. <laughs> I think this is why I got stuck a lot more in the game, do you know what I mean? Uh, when I was playing it. But, it is. yeah, as I say, that's, that's Dark Souls 2. I am... Um, Toying with the idea of playing the first one again and giving it a chance now that I know, but I suspect that I'm going to have that um, really horrible feeling when you go to an inferior system because I know they've taken it. I mean, this game has fast travel in it, which, as you've said, you don't like, but you couldn't play this game without fast travel. Or you could, but it would be ridiculous. It would take you hours to get from <laughs> one place to the other again, do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of the times you get this item here and you're like, oh. Right, that's the item that we're talking about are way over there, do you know what I mean? And you would have to play like 10 hours worth to get to the place where you were. I'm sure that's only the same as Skyrim when I've never actually ridden a horse in Skyrim yet. I've just walked everywhere. <laughs> I mean, even at that, even with, if you took it the fast travel but you still have the horses in Skyrim, you can safely traverse from one city to another. It's just going to maybe take you a couple of hours. Do you know what I mean? But in Dark Souls, no, it's not that safe. You're going to have to fight all those enemies. And as, yeah. as we've mentioned, quite a lot of them are going to be fights to the death. That's not fun. Uh, I know that Dark Souls 1 doesn't have that in it. Uh, although you, you can level up at any bonfire instead of having to travel to that hub world to do it. So, And I know I'm going to not get on with the controls, but I'm very tempted to turn that on and see how I get on with it now that I've played the second one. Well, that's it. We've just got it free on uh, Games with Gold, haven't we? So uh, it's there. And I'm tempted to try and have a go on Dark Souls 1 again. Even though I've still got it on my PC, I'm never going to turn it on again. Um, I might just try it on the 360. I might have better luck with the uh, controls on there. Uh, the only problem is that's like the tutorial, and that took me two hours the first time. It might not this time now that I know the game thoroughly, do you know what I mean, from the second one. So I don't know. It's a... Like, I know you've got the what have you got to lose because we just got it for free, but, you know, quite a few hours of my time. <laughs> the worst case scenario for me, mate, is I turn it on, it's still janky as fuck, and I can't play it, and I'll just turn it off again after 10 minutes and uh, <laughs> game myself another few gig on my hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, from a story point of view as well, which I don't know much about the story of this game, I get the general gist of what happened in Dark Souls 2. Apparently, you don't really need to play Dark Souls 1 either. Which I didn't find anyway, but I thought maybe because it was so vague and ambiguous at the start, I thought maybe this is because I don't know the lore from the first one. But apparently no, even if you played the first one, the story of the second one is still going to be very vague and obscure anyway. So that's a good thing, you don't need to even play Dark Souls 1, you can pick up the second one and just play that. So 
if you do play Dark Souls 1 and decide that it's shit, Chase, don't let it put you off trying the second one, eh? No, I think um, you've, you've piqued my interest with it, mate, and I, I will give it a go at some point. I need to send you a screenshot of my character. Oh, please do. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Cool, that's um, that's good, man. We've, we've played a, a nice range of things between us. Yeah. Right, there it is. That's uh, all that we've managed to say from that episode. Um, I hope it was still enjoyable for you, informative. Um listen out very soon to get back with proper shows and uh, you can blame the ineptitude of this one on the World Cup and my obsession with watching it uh, if you want to get back in touch with us remember we can always get us on the Twitters at comsol underscore ninjas on the emails at console ninjas podcast at gmail.com um, yeah, catch up with you soon cheers